Hello and welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by... Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.uy. samtownsendmusic.uy. That must yes. be Uruguay. Uruguay, well done. I'm out. Absolutely, I needed that one. I needed You're that one. You're getting good at this. Well, I've had a couple of, I think I've had a couple of dry weeks. Well, only because you selected the country before I even said what it was. Yes, that's probably why. That's a, that's the wrong approach to take to that particular game. Um, hosted the first ever football World Cup. Yeah, well, hosted and won. And won it, yeah. Capital City? Ooh, Uruguay City. Montevideo. Very good. Any other questions? National dish? Oof. Don't know. It's toast. excellent Uh, famous footballers Suarez and um, Cavani we'll say okay I I don't know that much about um, Uruguayan footballers I have to say you do now Uh, well I did know both of those Mm. oh good okay now this episode we are going to be talking about Stadium Arcadium part two Um, we're going to do the second six songs on Stadium Arcadium Second dozen, half dozen. So, obviously, the, they are going to be Slow Cheater, Torture Me, Strip My Mind, especially in Michigan, Warlocks, and Come On Girl. That's right. Just stopping before... Well, we can't say, I can't say what I think about Wet Sand or Hay. No, it's a shame, actually, that we're not doing Wet Sand because it's a good... I think it's a better one to finish on than start on, but um, we're not doing it, so uh, there we go. Yes, we've, we've come up with this arbitrary number... We are. We did ask. We did ask listeners. Should we do it in stadium? In now means we've got to do disc one in more in more than two episodes. Well, we we asked. Should we do it in one or two parts, or one, two, yeah. or three, or four parts? And we're probably going to do it in five. We're now splitting it into nondescript chunks of the album. Yeah, uh, completely arbitrary, uneven sections of the album. So we're going to have six, 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 and then uh, six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four. And there's, what, 20, 28 songs, isn't there? Wait, should, should, know, should know that off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm going to just leave you uh, floundering there for a yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to end up doing, um, hang on, six, twelve, yeah, four songs. Four songs at the end. Thanks for that support there. No problem. But what it does mean is that we're going to straddle the two discs. Mm, we are going to. In, in the next episode. We are. How do you feel about straddle, straddling two discs? Not good, Ooh. but, you know, we've got to do it. Yes we, yes, we have now that we've done this approach. So I'll practice and uh, hopefully be in place to, to straddle well. Okay, you're going to practice straddling? I think, you know, it would be foolish not to. I'm going to straddle the digital copies. Yeah, that's, well, that's even more difficult. <laughs> it's easier. You don't have to straddle. Well, it's, you still have to straddle, but it's very difficult to know where and when to straddle. Well, you we let's move on past this straddling. It went down the rabbit hole. There The problem is, I don't know what we mean <laughs> or what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, so basically, we're doing those six songs, starting we're, with Slow Cheater. We are indeed. Which um, it, I felt the same last time. I wanted to do Slow Cheater at the end of the last episode, but uh, we've saved it. So we've got the pleasure of doing it now. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that, um, well, let's say, put out um, 
the question on Twitter and Reddit saying, what do people think of these six songs? Mm. Um, Slow Cheetah universally came back as the most popular, I think. It did. It, it did. And that doesn't surprise me, really. And I did, of course, have the Slow Cheetah T-shirt from the tour, the stadium tour. Where is said T-shirt now, then? I have no idea, unfortunately, but um, I did own it. Mm. And I'm sure there'd be other people out there listening to this who owned the same T-shirt. It was a nice yeah. T-shirt, wasn't it? It was kind of creamy colour. I think it was, yeah, it was, it was white, if memory serves, but... Um, it was creamy. It was off-white. It's quite, it's, but it has, I think it just said the red hot chilli peppers on it in a sort of or a strange text mm. font. And uh, and then I don't know whether it said slow cheetah on it or not, but yeah, it did. If anyone's got the t-shirt, <laughs> send in a send in a picture of it. Say, are you sure you had the t-shirt? I had it, but it was a long time ago. It definitely said slow cheetah on it. Yeah. How, what, if it didn't, why else would you call it the slow cheetah t-shirt? Well, because it had a picture of a cheetah on it. Okay. Now, um, who yeah. did it? I, I don't know. <laughs> now on the feedback, slow cheetah came out good. Yes. Lots of good good. Stuff about Torture Me. Lots of good stuff about Strip My Mind, which doesn't surprise me for Strip My Mind. Um, yes. Especially in Michigan, got, was, was kind of, I think, people see as the weakest. Especially in Michigan and Come On Girl seem to be the two lower-rated well, ones there. Yeah, I think definitely Come On Girl. But I think, especially in Michigan, seem to straddle the... Stop it. Either filler or killer. Right. What do you some mean? people liked it, some people didn't. Okay, okay. It was a mixed, a mixed, mixed response, should we say? And Warlocks was more. I can't say too much about Warlocks now, but that was more popular than I thought it was going to be. Well, that does give off an indication of, of what you think of the song. I'll but, say I'll, I'll say this about this this section of of disc one. Mm. Um, there's a few, there's a few songs on there that I just really liked anyway. Yeah. On these re-listens, there's a couple of songs that I possibly wasn't so keen on that have um, really gone up in my estimation, kind of yes. listening to them really in depth. And there is one song that I thought was pretty shit, and I still think it's pretty shit. Yeah, well, I, I would agree with that. I don't know if it's the same songs, but I feel that, that having been listening to them this week, there are at least two that, songs that I wouldn't have given that much you know, airtime to. You wouldn't have given a Tuppence really Halfpenny to. What? You wouldn't have given a Tuppence Halfpenny for. I wouldn't. No, I certainly wouldn't. No, but now I would give a tuppence halfpenny. Yes, hmm, a halfpenny, so a halfpenny. It really sums up how we're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's made me talk about old money. Well, exactly. That's the. That's, that is a. That is a strong effect. I'm that passionate. You are. Yeah, we did have some. Yeah, some really. Uh, thank you to all those people who responded on on Reddit and Twitter. Some really lovely in-depth responses, um, and some people relating it to. Times I've had in their own lives, which was nice. I think Pete Moore did that. I reached nice. Tom. Some really in-depth answers. Thank you, Potatoes. Came back with some nice answers. We had our first ever Japanese correspondent, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah, we had uh, direct correspondence from Japan. Now, you ran... In Japanese. Did you run that through a translator? I ran, th- ran it through a, an online translator, and ah. it came through as, this This is a very interesting thread. Oh, Excellent. <laughs> What, yeah. what about the answer to the actual question? It did also say something about the baseline for Torture Me being very difficult. I believe. 
No, we believe, and we'll be doing that on a later show. We will, yes, yeah. So no, it was that was that was very nice um, to to receive that. Mm, and to them, I say, Kanichiwa. Indeed, indeed. Is that the um, right language? I, let's we'll go with it. I'm sure it is. God. Does that mean good night? All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. No. That's fine. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. I'm sure that's Don't fine. Don't panic. What, what, do, what do we shout in Japanese when we're having a good time? What can we can pass? On another note, um, we also <laughs> had. <laughs> You're trying to move me past talking Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we also had. Uh, I don't know if we spoke about this on the last podcast about um, Jack Johnson. We did. We introduced the um, podcast ambassador Jack Johnson from uh, the Northeast. Yes. And he is also the um, the drum ambassador. Yeah, and his insights into the drumming on these next six songs will be coming into play as we go through them today. Mm. So thank you, Jack. Red Hot Drummer from Louisiana. Mm, no, he's from uh, Newcastle. He's from Newcastle from <laughs> time. Well, there you go. <laughs> Red Hot Drummer from Newcastle upon Tyne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, I was debating whether to do a, a Newcastle accent for that part. Oh, I, I, decided well, against I, it. I was going to go with the Michael from Alan Partridge accent. And, and I, Jack, I did not want to offend, to offend you with doing that. No, no. And it's probably best that we don't attempt any more accents on the, on the podcast. Oh, come on. I can do a great Irish accent. Well, I we can do that. my Scottish accent. Yes, that's also been proven. Yes. Uh, we don't only do them now, though. Oh, God. Please? Uh, maybe later. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, look, it's, like, it's like when you tell a kid. Something, yeah. something to look forward to for you. Yeah, go and, um, go and clean yeah, your I'll room. I'll time and... you. I'll time you. Yeah, yeah. Go and clean your room and maybe later I'll let you do a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do some more of the podcast and then, and then, and then we'll see. Okay, so shall we get into Stadium Arcadian Part 2, commencing with Slow Cheetah? I'd very much like to do that. Right, while we were talking, while we were waiting for the disc to reload after it, uh, after it crashed, um, I asked Sam <laughs> what, what he would call a Doors podcast if he was to do a Doors podcast. And I was blown I away think, by his answer. I think my original answer was probably the best, the Doors of Perception. The Doors of Perception, great answer. <laughs> but then we also came up with a fantastic name for a, a Poddington Peas podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Is it called the Poddington Peas? <laughs> or the Poddington Pod? The Poddington Pod. Um, so that made us laugh. Oh, it did. Oh, that, that, that passed that five minutes. Right, coming out of slow ch- <laughs> the Poddington Peas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we do an April Fool's episode of a Poddington Peas podcast? Yeah, I don't know a great deal about the Poddington Peas, but <laughs> I'm sure there's, a, there's, there's probably at least one episode in there. That's fine. We've, um, we've managed to do 26 episodes of Red Hot Chili Peppers podcasts. With mainly flaws and inconsistencies. That's very true. Yeah, we put yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, indeed. Yeah, well, that could be next week then. Yes. <laughs> right. Slow Cheetah. Slow Cheetah. What yes. a great, great song, Slow Cheetah. Yes. Is. I, I have to say that 
we obviously everyone's who's who's written in and sort of got in touch said how much they like it and I completely agree with them. But I did kind of feel when the when the album first came out and you know in the time after that and listening to it it was one of my favorite songs but I didn't necessarily think that it would be a hit with everyone. No, it it, it really was popular on those responses yeah. and I think it but, might. It, it's such a well. I'll talk a bit about this, but it's such a well constructed song. Yeah. Uh, it. Everybody the, is playing well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the Swan is great on this. Uh, yeah, Fantastic. The Swan is really good. He is. He is. And this is another one. I said it on um, Stadium Arcadian. The song. This is a, a great song for him in terms of showcasing what he can do as a singer. And he, he in his own right, is very good at times. Oh, uh, high praise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he is. He is, no, he is very because, good at times. Because we know, no, but we know that as, a, as an out-and-out singer, he, he does get a bit of flack. He does. But, but I think that primarily that comes from people who, who possibly aren't a fan of, fan of the band and aren't necessarily a fan of him as an individual. Or have heard him sing in the last five years. Or have possibly heard him sing recently. But <laughs> there's, no, there's no denying that he is always ready and at his absolute finest when it comes to recording albums. He, he does run out of steam these days on a long leg of a tour, but when it comes to recording time, he's always ready to go. Well, bless him, he can run out of steam on a long song. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, Pete, interestingly, just before we started recording, um, Pete Moore sent in something about some, some of the high notes on one of the songs and, and used the term breaking the girl syndrome, where mm. you, you get a little bit nervous before the swan's going for the big notes, like on breaking the girl mm. is a difficult song to sing. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, on the album, it's... This, this I would suggest, is at the very top end of his, his, his range. Yeah. When it comes to the chorus... Yeah, yeah, you're probably probably about right there. It's hard. It's quite hard to sing this. I didn't try. I've tried. Well, I've sung it many times, successfully or otherwise. I'll, I'll let other people be the judge of that. But um, I'm not going to sing it now, though. So, <laughs> oh shame. We, ne- <laughs> we never tackled it in the lukewarms, did we? So it no, it never even. Too it, was, it wasn't even on the radar. No, I think it's a bit of a two. You need a couple of guitarists here. We'd have needed a Josh Klinghoffer. To play the acoustic guitar or the because there's acoustic and electric guitar in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly a, yeah, and well, and we we never actually had a band a band radar, did we? No, which is probably why it wasn't on there. No, but I don't think it would have been even if we'd trumped up the cash for a radar. No, and it's so we di- never. Well, I was going to say we never did any acoustic numbers, but that's a complete lie. What acoustic numbers did we do? Oh, we did it. We did a version called the Lukewarm Acoustic Peppers, didn't we? Yeah, well, yeah, and within the band we played, um, or, or I say acoustic, I should say, well, no, I could have lied as acoustic and electric again, isn't it? But when we played it live, obviously, we just played it on electric. Yeah, as the, as the band play, as the band do. Yeah, play. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the band have played Breaking the Girl live, just electric. Yeah, yeah, we did Breaking the Girl on the first ever show that we played. Well, on the first ever show that we played, we played the entirety of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. We did. Yeah, we did. So no we lying. Had, had, did we play every song? We played every song. We did, didn't we? Apart, I, I don't think we played Dare Red Hot. No, 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 we didn't. We finished with Sosoko. But we played every other song, including um, 
the greeting song, which n- none of us really like. No, no. Well, did, did, surely we didn't play the Righteous and the Wicked or, yeah, or we Naked did, yeah. in the Rain, did we? Did we? We, we? Well, that was the whole point was that we played the whole album. Yeah, and we go around telling people that this is what happened, and now we're putting it on the internet. So let's say it with more yeah. conviction. We played every single song apart we from their Red Hot. Every single song apart from their Red Hot. I just have no, no memory at all. Is, of that is a fact. No memory at all of playing The Righteous and the Wicked in my life ever. Or Naked in the Rain. (laughs) Well, it's hard to say, but we definitely played the greeting song because I'd never really sung it before. Yeah, yeah, we definitely. And I remember having a bit of trouble with it. Yes, I remember that too. Just timings more than anything. The show was recorded and we listened back to the greeting song straight afterwards before I went to bed with with my hangover from the previous night's drinking. The previous week's drinking. Yes, it was a long few days. We uh, we practiced for three days. It was three days, didn't we, straight, to, to yeah. learn the songs. Mm. And, um, oh, God. And then by the lo- time it came to actually performing them, you, were, you, were, you basically just sort of staggered through the, the show itself and yeah. then went straight to bed. I wasn't drunk. I, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't I was overly drunk during the show. No, It you was that I was so so tired from you were uh, physically physically exhausted i was ruined yeah was, and you were a young, much younger man at that point i was so 2007 so that was what 13 13 years ago 13 years ago so i was only 16 you were 29 yeah. was i 29 you were 29 god right anyway slow cheetah <laughs> anyway i don't see what any of that's got to do with um slow cheetah do you want some technical aspects yes please some gtps yeah. It's played on a capoed acoustic guitar. It's capoed on the sixth fret. Right. So it means that you can play... John is essentially playing um, the chords of E minor, G fifth, A sus, and C in that, mm. in that verse chord progression. But it yeah. is actually... Sa- it, it, the sound of it is, uh, is then transposed because of the capo to B flat yeah. minor, D flat fifth, E flat sus, G flat, I think. Mm. Um, so it means you, it means you can be, play. It means you can play chords that are harder to play. Yeah, but they're easier to play because you're playing open chord shapes. And would it, would it be fair to say that John doesn't use a capo that often? Yeah, that is fair. That Good. is fair. Um, some people say that using a capo is cheating. Yeah, I I used to believe that because I think that's what you used to say. Uh, but i no longer believe that no i no longer believe it either i'm an older and wiser man i probably said that when i was 29 yes well yeah yeah you probably did i was probably Um, tired tired and ratty and had to go to bed (laughs) it starts with a little um count in from john which Uh, is nice nice to hear uh, that is always nice and it's it it gives songs when you have a count because obviously the acoustic guitar is mic'd up so he's not yeah. counting into a microphone. He's, no, no. That's been picked up by the microphone that's, that's miking his acoustic guitar. And yeah. it, gives song, it gives a certain sense of intimacy to the song, I think, when you listen yeah. to it. You, can, you feel like you're more connected to the musician. I feel that way about um, Country Feedback by R.E.M. when Peter Buck counts in the yes. one, two, three, four. I feel it was yeah. so cheetah. Yes, yeah, and and many and others. Many that other we can't name because we don't. We, but what? Well, yeah, I agree with you, and, and I think it's within the confines of a studio recorded album. Generally speaking, you only hear what they what they want you to hear, and obviously, it feels like you're get, like you say you're getting an extra little bit of um, you know the song that 
not that they don't want his hair because obviously they could have. Oh yeah, it's, make... yeah. It's it's a choice. It's yeah, a choice. It, it certainly it certainly feels like something a bit extra. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that. I love it. Now moving forward, the um, the guitar is playing a rising chord progression. So if you listen to that, um, each note on the on the four chord turnaround for the for the verses, it's a rising chord progression. You can hear the root notes of the guitar rising. Mm. The bass does something. There's some lovely stuff here between Flea and John with rising and descending, intermingling, yes. changing. There is. On verse one, when the bass comes in, the guitar chords are rising and the bass is descending, single note descending down. Works yeah. really well against the rising, um, against the rising um, guitar part. Tied. Hey. Sorry. Did you just say a random word? I said tied. Tide, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, verse two. <laughs> so you, you, you threw me off by by just saying tide. Just tide. That's all it takes. Just knocks you knocks you off uh, thingy. I will I will just come in and say uh, uh, chocolate oranges are available from Rawlinsons. From drum ambassador uh, Jack Johnson. Yes, let's hear from the drum ambassador. He doesn't have a great deal to say about this song because obviously it is, it's fairly straightforward in terms of the drums. Indeed. But he does point out the, the nice ghost notes that Chad is playing. Yes, yes, um, yes. Which I guess they are really the, the, the sort of prominent feature of this fairly, otherwise fairly straightforward, um, you know, drum beat. But they are, I think I'd be correct, in, sort of very similar for, uh, to, the, to the, the way he plays on Californication. Uh, I think I, I do believe that he uh, employs ghost notes in that song as well. So, right. but yeah, I think um, what I what I also like about this, and he does point out as well, is that the the production on this kit is sort of very much different to the previous song when it sounded massive, and on this it's uh, you know it's very stripped back and yeah. sounds a lot more you know much much smaller. So you know, nice couple of points. Right, read read the you, read, read this part directly from Jack. I don't, want, Jack, I don't want anything to go wrong with you expressing it incorrectly. Well, I've got to now read it. Yes. Right, the ghost notes Chad is playing on the snare throughout, throughout turn a pretty regular beat into something with a bit more groove. The production makes the kit sound really small compared to the last song, she's only 18, uh, which made the kit sound huge. Interesting arrangement choice for him not to play anything over the 7-4 outro section. Indeed, indeed. So, is it seven? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that is that the outro section, as in the outro section? The, no, the backwards. You know, with the backwards guitar and bass. Yeah, I find it interesting that Jack finds it interesting that he doesn't play anything on that. I find it interesting that you find it interesting that Jack finds it interesting that he doesn't play anything on that. Well, do you think it's interesting that he doesn't play anything on that section? I do think it's interesting. Well, not, not that I don't find it interesting. Hang but on, I... hang on. D- Jack has taken the time to write in. With drum notes specifically for this song, specifically for this podcast, requested to become yes. an ambassador, and you're saying yes. you're saying that do you or do you not find it interesting? I find it interesting. Well, it seems perfectly natural to me that he wouldn't play anything on that section. So that would presumably seem interesting to you. It's interesting. Yeah, I com- <laughs> I completely agree with Jack. Okay, that is interesting. But, but no, I read I read into that, and maybe I'm wrong that Jack is suggesting that he should have played something during that section. Uh, well, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, listen, on verse 2, thank you, Red Hot Drummer. Thank you, Drummer thank you, Ambassador. Jack. On verse 2, John is harmonising with the swan. John's stuck in the left ear. And they say, um, wedding cake. Oh, and yes, the swan yes. really holds the line lot, much, much longer than John does. Yeah. And, and does a really pronounced cake. He completes the word. K sound they're, at the end. Yeah, there's a couple of examples of that in this song, actually. Because of where it's such a quiet song at times. Yeah. And the swan is trying to finish his words off. But yeah, wedding cake is... It's is really is, is pronounced, isn't it? It's really strange. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. um, there's, it's really pronounced... Well, yeah, it, it's really if pronounced when the swan that. is. If he does, if he does, if he does, if he doesn't do that, then he's just going to be calling it a wedding cake. <laughs> well, I think that happens on a lot of songs. I find, yeah. my, I find myself when I'm singing some of my songs, not you are saying it, but it's so. Yeah, but it's very quiet. You, you have mix to sometimes. Clip. You, yeah, you have to clip the ends off some words, otherwise you end up saying. Yeah, well, you end really, up saying cake really, really prominently on an internationally recognised album. There's a lot of breath in sections uh, from the Swan as well uh, here, where he's going yeah. before he starts singing, and you can yeah, clip, yeah. again. You can. They, they would have listened to these songs do- dozens slash hundreds of times while mixing and mastering, and you can clip, yeah. you can clip those intakes of breath off, but they've left them yeah. in. You can, yeah. Is there nothing in between a dozen and a hundred, then? No. No, it's to go straight in from it's 12 to 12 100. It's either 12 or 100, and there's nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose there's a big... Well, that's a big decision. That's a, a big decision. Once you've listened to it 12 times, yeah. you can either give it the okay, or you're saying that you've got to listen to it another 78 times. Well, they could agree on listening to a, a baker's dozen. Uh, yeah, that's one more. One, one extra listen. Are you going to get the job done in that time? Conceivably, you'd try, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you've got to invest a lot more time into the sun. I'm not sure how hard and fast these rules are, to be honest. I mean, you made them up, mate. Yeah, they're my rules. I don't have to chili stick to them. No, yeah, that's what I do when I'm mixing sun. Yeah, either Um, either twelve or a hundred. Either twelve. I do like the very very simple bass line um, right at the beginning. Just one, sort of one notes. Yeah, and yeah. That's the descending it, it, bass line, yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, like you touched on, John's backing vocals are obviously superb throughout. Chad's holding it all together, as we've said. Um, I do like some of the snare rolls, actually, on this. Yeah, I like the, yeah. the intro roll is, is nice. Yeah, into the first chorus. Yeah, just a snare yeah. roll. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and... And the swan, I think, is is fantastic. It's a it's a high point for him. Well, John's I like John's um, backing vocals in 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 chorus one, and that's when I noticed it. It might happen in others. On the line on the word say, John goes really high and then modulates his voice down twice. So mm. it like says it goes a high say and then drops drops down twice note wise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably goes to the fifth down and then an octave down. I'd imagine without I- checking. I think um, since we started doing this podcast, it's become painfully clear to me that if you want to get the full experience of any song, but this, you know, this is another a good example of a song like this. You have to listen to it through a decent pair of headphones. You just cannot, you can't, you can't, you can't appreciate all of the different aspects of a song unless you're getting them straight into the ear off a decent pair, directly into the ear from a good pair. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, now, if you listen to the bass on the choruses, 
um, there's two descending bass lines, little mini descending bass lines in the chorus as well. On the, on the <clears> word for, on the line for my forest, and in, on the word so, for so euphoric, flea starts yeah. a four note, one, two, three, four, descending bass line. It's yeah, really yeah. nice. It's really clever bass, bass guitar writing to have yeah. those descending bass lines mid a chorus. Yeah. He also has lovely little fills on the word looks like it's all today. Throughout, the, throughout these choruses, he has little bass fills that he plays as well, like lead yeah. bass, and they evolve yes. over the song. Well, that's right. And um, they, they, they seem to be so... They're working with, with what John's doing as well. So if John does a little fiddly bit, he doesn't. And then if John does something a bit more simple, he comes in with one of those little, little yeah, fills. Bit, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the kind of relationship that... You're obviously, you, you're writing a song and, and you work that stuff out. But you see so often when they're playing live, because they have such a, a symbiotic relationship mm. from the, all the years they've played together, that live they just know what to do, what to when they're improvising, when they're jamming. You see that happen yeah. a lot as well. Yeah, you do. And we should also just mention the, the outro guitar line, or if it comes in over the, the last chorus. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I've got quite, I've got quite a few more notes, but we'll jump forward to that. Yeah, that kind of a little bit of bite to it, and it does mm. elevate the song up to a whole. I love that that lead guitar line. Yeah, because they just do another another chorus, don't they? But they they layer that on. Yeah, they do that. John does that quite a lot. I think there's going to be another example of that in one of today's songs as yeah, well. Yeah, there is, there is. Yeah, it's, it's very um, it's a special mixture. It's nice. Yeah, it's great. And also, while that's going on, they're, they're, they're building the song up with the addition of that guitar line. But then on the last, last chorus, because the, last, the chorus turns around twice at the end, John yeah. goes in with a super high backing vocal, which I, I'm, not, yes. I'm not sure you really notice unless you're really listening for it. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, that his, his backing vocals, although they're, they're, they are quite prominent from the, from the start... Where they they do almost sort of meld into the swan's voice, yeah, yeah, more than normal. Yeah, uh, that, the house ambassador actually. We were watching. Um, two, she had been watching some Josh stuff, um, some can't stop intros that, with Josh, and yeah, cl- clingy, clingy, yeah, the the the, the Hofmeister general, yes, and she was showing me them, and it was a couple of great intros, and then we like listened to the song. And then I said, well, check out the, you know, let's recheck out the Alcatraz Can't Stop intro. And we listened to that version. And she said, John's, uh, John's voice blends so much better with, with the yeah. swan than, than Josh. Josh did a great job uh, yes. with the backing vocals because you, you're trying to recreate on John's songs what, what John had done. Yeah. But I think John's voice is such a great compliment to, to Anthony's. Yeah, it is. It is, and and it, you know we say every 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 episode, don't we? He has got the voice of an angel. No, oh, it's, it, it's uh, liquid silk. <laughs> it is. It is. This is this week's liquid silk brought to you by John Fashanta. Exactly. He's always smooth and slippery. Yeah, well, he is. He is. I mean, he's good. He does this song. He tends to stick to, although he does he does mix it up a little bit. But he is largely dealing in the. Uh, the falsetto territory, shall we say? We did. Uh, we well, we have, yeah. Um, but but yeah, he's wonderful. He sounds great. He compliments the Swan, 
and uh, the results here are phenomenal. Well, I'll just do a couple more kind of guitar-y, bassy kind of points. Go on. Um, we talked about Flea. We talked about the fact that John's playing a rising chord sequence and the Flea was playing the Flea. Flea was playing descending bass lines. Mm. Once you hit verse two, even uh, once you hit part two, I call it part two, it's verse two, mm. the bass plays a rising bass line with the guitar. So instead of, instead of working against the guitar, oh, okay. it's now rising with the guitar. Yes. And that's where John starts playing on that verse, on the second half of verse two, those little flicks. Mm. And, you know, interesting or not, who knows if this is interesting, but I noticed, yeah, no, it is. I noticed that he is still playing rising chords, but the little flicks are all, each one is played on a lower guitar string. So he's, yeah. he's rising up the chords, but descending down the strings with the with the little with kind the flicks. of with the flicks. It's it's yeah. it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. very detailed. It, it's detailed planning. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's not something you would have thought of. He would have just done it. So you know. Really. So it's actually the opposite of detailed planning. <laughs> conceivably, <laughs> <laughs> not planned at all because it just it just that. comes naturally. I don't think there's surely there's not an aspect of any song that is committed to record that is is unplanned. Yeah, I think when you're writing it, you just do it. You don't think about it, and then you say, "Right, well, that's what we'll do." Oh, that's planning. Uh, but is it detailed? Now, mo- <laughs> <laughs> moving on, we must move on. This is that's the very sl- definition of, of writing and planning a song. Slow cheaters going on <laughs> for a very long time. <laughs> now, on the last verse. Flea, right? Yeah. The first half of it, he plays the descending bass line, then he switches yeah. to the rising bass line. So that's a new element. That's a new way of playing the bass on this song. It's, yeah, it, yeah. it's great. It's, it's great stuff. Um, well, this is it. It's so good, in fact, that you've gone upside down. Yeah, well, you, I've been upside down the whole conversation. Now, <laughs> you just haven't noticed. Yeah. Now, John's, um, John does the little violin noises, you know, swelling with the volume control the volume part yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's quite nice it's funny the song's so well structured and then and keeps building but then they go into this very very quiet section yeah the well that outro is extremely quiet but again it's an outro that's getting a lot of love uh, and i like it and john is a is a man who who over the years has been a fan of the backwards guitar well so yeah 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 i i have it, it, is there some backwards bass here as well? Yeah, yeah, I think there is, yeah. Backwards bass, backwards yeah. guitar. And I had a quick look at the Wikipedia entry for this song, and it said that that section was heavily inspired by the Hendrix song, um, Cast- so Ca- Castles Made of Sand. Oh, uh, yeah. And it is. If you listen to... Um, I downloaded Castles Made of Sand for 99p. Which, of course, the Chilies have covered. Exactly, yeah, we'll get there. Um, and the beginning of that song and all the way through is you listen to it and you think, oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly like Slow Cheetah. Yeah. So is, okay. it, is it homage? Is it tribute? Who knows? But it sounds bloody similar. I think it's homage. Yeah, it's from uh, Castles Made of Sand, if anyone wants to listen to it. It's off um, Axis Bold of Love, uh, Bold as Love from 67. Okay, well, there we go. I think we've, we've done that song justice. It is, it is a fantastic song. I've listened to it probably a dozen or a hundred times this week. But nothing in between. And, oh, no, no. Good. And it, it's, it's, it's brilliant. 
Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, oh, you said they covered it. Yeah, they did a live version from kind of circa 89 that you can see on YouTube. They recorded it as well. Yeah, there's a studio album. You can get that on the iTunes release of Blood Sugar Sex. Yes, that is correct. So, thank you very much, people. We are going to move on to Torture Me. Okay, so coming out of Torture Me, and before we go into that, we are going to quickly go through the sponsors of the show for this episode. Sam, who are you sponsored by today? Universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast brought to you by Piston Head Lager. Ooh, nice. Would you like to yes. talk, talk us through this one? Who, who creates Piston Head? Uh, Piston Head. Right. <laughs> and uh, this particular lager that I'm drinking right now is called Flat Tire. Okay, um, talk me through the note, the, what you like about it, the grace notes. Brewed with mosaic hops, fully pressurised flavour, a lager from Brutal Brewing. Mm, what does fully pressurised flavour mean? Oh, well, if you have a, a can of flat tyre, you'll know. I, I, I won't, but I'm sure so it's it is, lovely. in fact, Brutal Brewing. Piston head from Brutal Brewing. Oh, there you go. Very nice, and... Uh, one of the best things about Piston Head and Brutal Brewing is that uh, while other um, lagers of this nature um, are eight for nine pounds at Tesco's, these are in fact twelve for nine pounds. Right. Okay. Hence the sponsorship, presumably. Hence the sponsorship deal which they secured. And you've given Tesco's a free shout out. Never heard of them. Right. Good. No. Bad. Sponsor us, Tesco's. Um, I, am, I am sponsored by a generic blue cool box. You are indeed, yeah. And uh, so thank you, Piston Head, for providing me with today's sponsor, Piston Head. And thank you, generic blue cool box, for providing me with this week's sponsor, generic blue cool box. Yes. I think that was pretty uh, flawless. Flawless. Uh, okay, let's move on to Torture Me then. Yes. Go talk to me about what you think about this song. Well, this is one of the songs which, going into this, I wasn't that keen on, I have to say. But since listening to it a hundred times this week, mm. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I think it's a, an absolute belter. Okay. <laughs> this is the one that I was referring to when I said there was one that hadn't grown on me throughout the listens. Yeah. Um, in fact, this is my first notes. Has it gone down in your estimation? I'm, I'm, you're on tenterhooks, aren't you? I am. Um, I wrote, uninspired bass intro complemented by an uninspired guitar part, mid-range <clears> swan, <throat> sung well enough but uninspired. Ah, Christ. Well, I like, I like the bass line. It's, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's furious. It's just, it just never, never gives up. Until the end. Until the end. Um, 
I knew you wouldn't like the guitar part because it's it's just nondescript. It's just it's a bit of a noise part, isn't it? I described it as uninspired. Yeah, you well, you did. You inspired. You described everything as uninspired. <laughs> no, not the drums. No, I, not the drums. I described them as inspired. <laughs> it is worth noting on the drums um, that uh, drum ambassador Jack Johnson does make a very very good point actually here that Chad's drum work uh, is matches uh, matches Flea's bass line and he says that this is within his snare and kick drum and that's something they've been doing since Blood Sugar Sex Magic era right and listening to it there he you know that is absolutely the case and he is you know he's really going for it old Chadrick oh the myth yeah so I think that's actually really nice and I like I like the way that Flea comes in and then Chad comes in doing that then John's guitar yeah, it is. I know it's like a song that just happens. What am I doing? You're shaking your head. I am. I am shaking just, my head. It just happens. I like the um, the breakdown. Uh, well, that's the best bit of the song. Yeah, I, I do think that's nice. And again, Jack points out the fact that Chad's work into that breakdown is so smooth and is actually very difficult. Yes. Um, so he, you know, he it's a it's a, an example of Chad pulling something off seemingly easily that is, in fact, very difficult. It might have taken him a, a thousand takes to get it that good. I think but. it was either 12 or 100. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's... I like it, and it's, like I said, it's growing on me. There's, it's, it's layer upon layer, actually, of vocals. There's loads... You get double swan during the chorus, and then you get John as well. Yeah, John doing some, I really actually I really like the the John backing vocals in this in this track and they build yeah. up really nicely. Yeah, they do. Uh, what do you think point, he's saying? Well, it, I I wouldn't like to say but at one point he does very prominently say the word baby. Does he? Yeah. What John? But only, uh, yeah, he says it but only only once that hmm. prominently. He finishes one of his um one of his bits of backing vocal by saying baby very prominently, sounds, which I like. Sounds to me like he's saying, oh no, my lord, oh no, my time. Hmm, he might be. Now, and, and the way he builds it up is, chorus one sings on the second half of the chorus, saying that. Yeah, yeah. Chorus two, pretty similar. There's a bit of difference there, but yeah. singing on the second half. Yeah. Chorus three, so then the last two choruses, he sings yeah. it all. Yeah. But as, as I've just described, then on the yeah. last chorus, he goes into a brilliant higher backing. He's the same thing, just lays it with a higher version of it. It's great. Yeah, and I think it's during, the, I think, either the second to last one or the last one that he says baby halfway through. Okay. I, I completely missed that. Uh, no, you should, you should hear it. It's, it's lovely. Now, um, there is, leading into chorus one, I mean, can I just ask you a question? What do you make of the solo? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I've written about the solo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't like the guitar part, then I don't think you're going to much like the solo. I've put, uh, the solo sounds like a first take. Sounds like, a, like something you'd hear him do live. Um, yeah. So he's not thought it through too much. And he does a couple of times, one for a brief period, and then for a more extended period, drop into that typical live Rashante solo feel of going into a fast repeating pattern yeah um it's throwaway it, I, I think yeah but I, I think it's well suited to the overall feel of the song i think it might go on too long it might be yeah. two, two two times too long 
Two times too long. Two times too long. Um, going into verse, out of verse one, into the chorus, there's a nice little bit of guitar. Um, on It's What I Know, where the one saying It's What I Know. Yeah. And then you've got It's What I Know, two, three, four, torture me into the chorus. John's playing um, a very kind of Navarro style um, octave. You know, we've talked about it before. It sound, it's the sound of transcending. It's the sound of warped, where he's playing the root note, muting out of a, of, a, of a power chord, muting out the fifth, the middle note, and then just playing the octave note. So he's playing the same note, mm. an octave down, an octave up. And it's very Navarro-ish. It's, what, it's, what you, it's the intro to warped. It's that sound. So would you say it's what you know from Navarro? That's what I know from Navarro. Yeah. That is what I'd say. That's what you say. Um, Jack Johnson does also point out something that I noticed independently of reading these notes. Did you? At 2.50, there is a very fast snare to Rackton Phil. And uh, it's wonderful. Uh, very quick. Slips it in. And he does say that it's something that he does a lot live but not necessarily on the record, and it adds to the chaotic nature of the song. It is a chaotic song, yeah. There it's is very chaotic. Very, very chaotic. I've got an independent thought on the drums. Go on. I like the way at the end of, um, of Chorus 1, going into the flumpet section, um, the, the myth just has a single snare hit to, yeah. to break that up, and then um, we're straight from that chorus, straight into the flumpet section. Well, I also very much like the the drums during the breakdown. Just the they're very you know just some really nice melodic rolls. Not not necessarily multiple. Just just very beat beat beat. I think that's what Tom would say. Yeah, uh, Jack. Who's Tom? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I must pick you up on something. Yeah, I said the flumpet section twice. You didn't ask me what the flumpet meant. No, I didn't. No, because I was about to make my my salient point about the breakdown, and then when I when it came to it, I completely bottled it and called Jack Tom, <laughs> and didn't mention the flumpet. No. So what is the flumpet section? Flea playing the trumpet. Oh yes, the flumpet <laughs> section. Well, that no, I like that as well. That's how I'm going to refer moving forward with this podcast to any time Flea plays the trumpet. Yes. I'm, yeah. Exactly. I'm going to say it's the flumpet. Well, I always like it when that comes in, and it, it always, for some reason, reminds me of Mother's Milk era stuff. I think maybe there was more trumpet or flumpet in, <laughs> on that album. Um, but it always takes me back to when I first got into the Chili's and, you know, was listening to Mother's Milk quite a lot and just live shows and, and live stuff from that era when Fleeb did play the trumpet a lot more. Flumpet. The flumpet. No, he doesn't play the flumpet. No, fl- no, the flea playing the trumpet is the flumpet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, the, the halftime section, nice bit of bass. You're talking about the quiet a bit, yeah? We are. Um, nice guitar tone. Sounds to me like this song's played on a DS2 um, distortion pedal. And uh, it, almost sounds. it sounds like you just roll back the volume pot again. And you get that. There's quite a distinctive sound to the, to the DS2. And that's what it sounds like he's done to me. Yes. A nice bit of tremolo picking when the swan starts when the swan says all the leaves are turning brown. Um, some fast high picking from John, which is... Um, oh, yes. It's, it sounds kind of like flamenco-ish, but yeah. it's just in the left ear. Yeah, it sounds like tear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I picked up on that this listen. Yeah, that is nice. And that, that really pads it out. Bit of nice backing from John and um, 
I like the way the Swan reiterates a vintage year, a vintage year for pop. Yes. Now, do you think he's saying a vintage year for pop? I hear. Yeah. Or is he saying I hear the middle of the end is near? Sorry. Well, the complete line is a vintage year for pop. I hear the middle of the end is near. Yes. So is he saying a vintage year for pop? I hear. Ah, or, okay. Yes. I oh, hear excellent. the middle of the end is near. Right. A vintage year for pop. I hear the middle of the end is near. A vintage end. A vintage year for pop. I hear the middle of the end is near. Exactly. Okay. I think he's saying a vintage year for pop. I hear the, the middle, middle of, of the, the end, end is near. near. Although well I, worth bringing up. I do too. Yes. I always have. A vintage year for pop, I hear. The middle of the end is near. <laughs> yeah, but then actually when you think about it, it would make more sense to say a vintage year for pop, I hear. Oh, no. No, no, vintage- no. He just heard that it's a vintage year for pop. Yeah, exactly. So that- the middle, And then he also making the point at the same time hmm. that the middle of the end is near. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that- those, two, those two things don't necessarily seem linked, but... Well, let's check the booklet and see if there's any um, uh, punctuation. See if there's a a comma where the comma is. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Now, good question, though. Oh, great question. I mean, if you're going to do this kind of shit, you've got to ask those kind of questions. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. But I like the way he puts that line in a different context. Instead of the really chaotic and hectic verses, it's in that lovely breakdown section. Well, and it's it's not that often that the Swan sings about Brazilian children. It's very rare, in fact. But uh, they're getting a, a mention here, and I think it's about time. Well, if if the Swan doesn't do it, who else is going to sing about Brazilian children? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those. It's it's. Uh, I think there's he's, he know, squeezes you know, he squeezes the Brazilian children in a little bit. Does he? What's the line? <laughs> um... Okay, well, thank you. Brazilian children get their fill. Of what? I don't know, because I can't remember what the bit before that is. <laughs> okay, we'll review this. What rhymes with fill? Bill. Sill. Dill. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been singing about that particular herb. Ah, uh, now, nice. what about the uh, that, that particular dough that we talked about? Um <laughs> <laughs> We have on occasion done a silly joke about um, about producing some some uh, dough, which was already infused with herbs. So you might, <laughs> so you might. <laughs> yes, we have. I'm sure. Have. I'm sure that. Uh, I'm sure that you can see where, <laughs> where we're going with this one. It's not yeah. parsley dough. No, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not coriander dough, is it? No, it's not. It is infused with dill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we move on to strip my mind? Yeah, I think you enjoyed talking about Torch Me a lot more than you thought you were going to. I think my favourite bit was the uh, the dildo chat. Yeah, uh, maybe. My 
Mind. Sam. Strippius. Talk to me. What do you make about that song? What do you make of that song? Well, I tell you, I like it. <laughs> I'll tell you this honestly. I like it too. <laughs> I like it it's, a uh, lot. It's a, it, uh, I like it a lot. It's a very good song. Um, obviously, the companion piece to uh, the other one. She's only 18. She's only 18. Which we and we played both in the band, didn't we? So they both uh, hold such a strong place in our heart that, of course, I can't remember what one of them was called. <laughs> very <laughs> strong, very strong place in your heart for she's only eighteen. Yeah. Um, we can't but, talk about that anymore because of the, the finger sanitization section. Yeah, no, I'm sorry for mentioning it. Um, <laughs> but you know, this this is after torture me. This is a very. It seems like a very slow song, and I'm sure we didn't play it this slowly. We no, didn't play I, anything no. at the correct pace. So no, no, I think you find that we we would spit sp- here. Yeah, it's just a natural thing to play faster when you're playing live. Slightly faster, you know. You got hundreds, you know, you dozens or hundreds of people enjoying the show. Yes, it was normally dozens. <laughs> Do- they're dozens of family members. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like, it's <laughs> often a dozen or less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, it's um, it, it's a it's a good song actually, and preparing for today it was a little bit different to the other songs because th- this is although I've listened to them all a lot, I've listened to Strippius an awful lot. Yeah. So, um, but no, it's very good. Um, JJ does doesn't say a great deal actually about this one he just says that chant is doing what he does best and that's holding down the groove and letting the other three paint over the top i mean i i actually think there's a little bit more to say about chad's work on this so i think it's it is it is exactly what jack says he is doing that but also i love the way he beefs it up with the floor tom and does like um not rolls but just just like three or four that strikes on the floor toms and uh, at particular times and it it really gives it, it just just supports the beefy nature of this track. He really strikes that Tom well. He strikes it well. Is that why you called time. Jack Tom earlier? Because <laughs> because of the Tom drum. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows how my semi-drunken mind works? There's a fantastic bit of drumming um, uh, moving from the lower part of the guitar solo to yes. the part where it goes really high, where where the myth plays a fill which sounds like it's repeated kick drum and then yeah. the floor tom uh, yeah. or, 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 or the rack toms or the floor tom coming in as well. It's absolutely brilliant. Well, would you describe it as beefy? Yes, I would, yeah. I'd describe it as being very Ian Botham. <laughs> yeah. No, it, he, I just think he really he really boosts the na- you know the way this song sounds. This is what's so great about the myth is that he fits in with whatever is needed. And I, mu- I must just say... Um, that he at one point, yes, he does a a snare roll at some point in the song that starts quiet and gets louder, and that I yeah, I, I think it's fully, I think it's leading into one of the choruses. Yeah, and I fully appreciated that as well. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, before I talk a bit a bit more in depth about this song, yeah. um, I stumbled across the fact that it was featured in a film. Was and, it? Yeah, and you will hear, you will have heard of this film. <laughs> Go on. Uh, oh, it's The Fighter. Oh, I know that film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's got Gareth Bale in it. It's, well, it's got, it's got Christian Bale in it. That's right. It's got Marky Mark from Marky Mark, from Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yes. It's got Lois Lane in it. Amy, Amy Adams is in it. 
Yeah, no, I've seen it. It's a good film. But how did you not notice Strip My Mind being in it? Well, maybe I did at the time. I saw it a long time ago. It's quite an old film. Surely you would have mentioned it to me. Well, you say it's old. It's ten years old. Yeah, so I saw it ten years ago. I suppose. Anyway, I watched... If you go to YouTube and put in uh, The Fighter Strip My Mind, you can bring up the, the, the part of the film that, that, that it's featured on. Yes. Marky Mark appears to be, from what I can make I do, out, I, of it, out of context... Um, Marky Mark appears to be trying to decide if he still wants to be in New Kids on the Block or form the Funky Bunch. Yeah, or go into acting. Yes, or going to boxing, from what I saw here. Yeah, he is a boxer. He puts his hand in some rice. I think we all didn't... I just did that then when I was listening to it. I think that, that's the, the natural effect of the song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have put my hand in a bowl full of rice before. He puts in a bucket full of rice. Just outdoing you, as always. As always. Bloody Marky Mark. I put my hand in a bowl of rice. He puts his hand in a bucket of rice. I put yeah. my hand in a skip full of rice. He puts his hand in an HGV full of rice. He's yeah. constantly one-upping me. He's a one-upper. No doubt about it. Um, then uh, Marky Mark does some <laughs> boxing training. Yes, yeah. Recreates the montage from Rocky and then does some skipping. All to strip my mind. I do All remember to this. Strip now, my mind. Yeah. No, I do, I do. I do remember this. Yeah. So it I went down. Me, I went it outside. Struck me so strongly that I swore I wouldn't talk about it for ten years. <laughs> yes. Until we were doing a podcast talking about strip my mind. Yeah. Then and you, even then, I wouldn't bring it up myself. <laughs> You'd have to be prompted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. great stuff. Now, get, get back to the actual song. Yes. Um, what a fantastic introduction it is with that with that clean, just I don't know, is it slightly pushed for Shantae's yes. Strat sound, and those fantastic reversed vo- You know, they're not fully reversed vocals, but they have that kind of. No. You can hear the sound build up. It's, it's a great effect. Yeah, yeah. What what is the Fashante song solo song that starts like that? Well, I, I'm going to defer to the. Um, John Frusciante, expert, for the, yes. to answer that. I know, that's me. Yes, I know. Yes, and I can't remember what it, what it is at this time, I, and, I, and I can't uh, look it up. So Couldn't possibly look it up, no. No. The Swan. So therefore we won't know for sure. I'll look it up now. You keep going. Great vocals from The Swan. Do you want me yes. to provide some golden content? Please do. I will. Great vocals from the Swan. I love yes. the lyrics in this in this tune, uh, and really enjoy the fact that it's got that interesting verse structure where he's singing, and then at the end of um, at the end of the, the, the lines, he has a a spoken word section at the end of each each rhyming couplet that he does. Oh, he does, yeah. Can you can you be more effusive about that, or are you still looking something up? Well, at one point he says, uh, "You only get what you bring." Hmm. Which has long been my philosophy when going to a party. It's long been, yeah, exactly. Drink your own drink. Yeah, don't, don't drink touch mine. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's why I take a lot of beer you, to a party. What you want to drink. I intend yeah, to drink a lot to a of beer. party with 65 beers. Yeah, I intend to drink 65 beers. I'm not bringing... Exactly. No, exactly. And, and, then, and, then, think... and then the host says, oh, that's great. Put those 65 beers in with everyone else. And somebody else yeah. has turned up with four beers. yeah. And, put, and puts that in the middle, and I lose my 65. Right, exactly, exactly. That's why the best thing to do is leave your 65 beers outside in a hidden location. That's what I do tend to do. Just so there's other 
bastards can't steal my beers. But that is interesting that the Anthony is obviously uh, subscribing to that same philosophy. Well, he's been to a few house parties. Yeah. What does he say? <laughs> you only get what you bring. Oh, quite. Um, now, pre-chorus and before the coming out of the first verse on the section where they're both just singing O, essentially, but yeah. harmonising nicely. John's playing quite quietly in the background. I think it's in the left hand ear. <laughs> the left hand ear, the left ear. Yes. Um, he's playing either power chords, which is the the three um, a root note of fifth and a um, and then the octave up, or he's playing broken bar chords. But he's alternating between F and C, but always leaving the open B and E strings ringing. I can see. It. I can see. Let me finish my point. <laughs> let me, let me finish my point about the, the open B and E strings. All right. And just having those open B and E strings whilst changing between the F and the C really ties that section together for me. Now you can know. talk about what song it is. I have no idea what you're talking about because I've been looking at something else. Um, it's Lost. Lost. Uh, what a tune! And now we're going to get to Lost when we do um, yes. the Will to Death, aren't we? So loss starts with that ding. Yeah. Just downward, downward strokes. He goes to a certain town. They left something in a certain town. Uh, yes, ding, he did. Ding, ding. Long town. Long town. What did they leave there? Left the music? It left it something back in Long town. So it was there, was a, there was a hint of sadness going around. <laughs> Sad, there was, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I... we mustn't. But so, yeah. I've never been put in to loss until I listened to it just then and I thought hang on a minute that sounds like loss right oh so you're not talking about the vocal effect so much as the the single strikes on the guitar chords the guitar the, the yeah the the the, the, intro, the guitar intro yeah okay yeah I can see where you're coming from yeah it's lossy it is lossy uh, okay cannot wait to talk about loss um, I know that you like loss I love loss <laughs> <laughs> Lost just just thinking about no the concept. <laughs> <laughs> I won't I won't talk about it now. But um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, now and also on that pre-chorus section and all the pre-chorus yeah. sections to strip my mind. Yeah, Flea is playing some amazing lead bass work. It's oh, yeah, phenomenal he is. stuff. Yeah, he is. He is. And that that's the the thing about this song. Even though it's it is quite stripped, isn't it? Stripped bare in many respects. Strip my mind. <laughs> yes, but you can hear every, you know, it's easy to appreciate the individual instruments uh, within this song because it, they all just, just I don't know, just the way. And it, you know what we said about um, She's Only 18 feeling slow and sludgy? This is quite sludgy as well. Well, this, you're right about what you're saying about the layers and also the, the feel of it because it is slow and it is, yeah. it's almost like sometimes ch- the, it's just behind the beat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and um, but the layers are fantastic. On on the first chorus, John comes in with a kind of over the standard chords he's been playing. He comes in with that mm. kind of tremolo effect guitar, which is fo- yeah. following the Swan and his kind of vocal yes. line. Let all through, yeah. all throughout the song. Then after the first chorus, there's another guitar sound announced, a more kind of Danny California sound, but played very yeah. high up through a probably through the modular synthesizer again that we talked about on part one. Mm. But it, but it, it's such a... Later on, they both play together on choruses and they both follow the Swans' lead vocal line, but they're both yeah. playing something completely different. But it 
mm. coalesces so well. It's uh, it's a fantastic piece of of um, of songwriting. And in fact, I, I nicked that guitar sound, that kind of high modular synthesizer sound. Not that I've got a modular synthesizer, and um, and used it no. on one of my songs called "See You Tomorrow If the Sun Comes Up," and tried to try to kind of replicate that that sound. So um, difficult without without a modular synth. I I processed it through um, through a, a, dig, a digital version of it and. Um, yeah, bentanzomusic.net. See check tomorrow. It check it out. Orig- slash original songs. Yes, indeed, indeed. If I can't, yes. if I can't push it, who will? Exactly that. Exactly that, Ben. Um, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. The, the, the John's backing vocal during the uh, sort of introduction or the the oh yeah part. Yeah, yeah. The pre um, choruses. The pre choruses again. Just really bulk out the swan. Yeah, they don't, that's great. They, they, they're so they're so similar in terms of their overall pitch and stuff. They, they just really bulk it out. But then John, you pick up on more John at the end. Yeah, because he drops out. Lines. He he drops out. The swan kind of sings it normally, but the swan yeah. drops out with the yeah, kind of yeah, and kind yeah. of really goes down. Yeah, yeah. And John and John just shines through like a like a burning a burning beacon from above. Oh, he does indeed. Um, chorus two. Ah, fuck that. I've spoken about something similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the guitar solo, though. Because, um, oh, yeah. like, playing yeah. this live, this was it's a pretty simple guitar solo to play. It's all very yeah. basic stuff, but it sounds so good. Because it's so... before As it comes in, before he comes in with the first notes, you get that big noise sound, like he's just hitting the strings, letting them ring. Someone screams yeah. over the top of that. Presumably, it's a swan. Yes. And then you go into that into that fantastic solo it is uh it's yeah. just a bit such a big sound yeah it's a big sound and then underneath it you've got flea and chad just making it happen and yeah it's it's brilliant and then of course they go on to talk about el dorado winning the lotto oh i love the lyrics for it i love the lyrics in this song even the nonsense lyrics now is yeah. el dorado the television soap from the what is it late 90s and on bbc2 or I bbc1 i don't think so because that certainly didn't win the lotto because it got cancelled very, very quickly. It did. But it's interesting um, to think of the concept of, of the swan, you know, essentially winning the lottery with the chilies and how all the cash, uh, but not a clue. But now you know what I've been through. It's a good line, isn't it? It's good. It's insightful. It gives you an idea of what it's like to be a young man in a successful rock band mm. and have no idea about how to cope with, you know, suddenly being rich. So do you think this one is saying that he is El Dorado? He is, he is El Dorado, yeah. Well, who's Arthur J? Arthur J did. Hmm. Indicated. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who that is. All I know is that uh, Arthur J may or may not have won the lottery, uh, but El Dorado in the form of Anthony Kiedis certainly did. He certainly did. And actually, um, it's worth mentioning that Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, Sorry? who also won the lottery uh, in a different band, yes, has now actually formed and has done for many years um, a service which helps young musicians who don't necessarily know what to do financially and just enables them, gives them the tools to cope with and deal with uh, both the people within the music industry and the very fact that they may have a lot of money and how to look after it. 
Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. I did know that Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses had um, won the lotto in a different way. Twice, yes. When he, he, won, when he, he, won, he originally won the lotto and then he won the maxi lotto. Well, he, he invested in Microsoft in the, yes. early, in the early days and is independently yeah. from anything else he's ever done in his life a, yes, um, a, a multi-multi-millionaire just on his Microsoft um, his profits. Yes, as a, when Microsoft was a startup, he he went for it, didn't he? But of course, his pancreas exploded. I don't know if that was related to his Microsoft investment. Well, he was certainly he certainly had a lot of money. But no, he he has since you know since his pancreas exploded, he's you know done a lot of fantastic work helping young people who who don't necessarily have experience in dealing with with wealth. Duff McKagan was also sat next to Kurt Cobain on uh, on the flight that Kurt took while he was flying yes. home just before he committed suicide. He was, yes, yes, and he 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 either spoke to him or he regrets did. not saying more. Yeah, that what, one it's either A or B. Yeah, but then of course he went home and his pancreas did explode. Hmm. One well, no, Kurt, uh, what Kurt or Duff? Duff, uh, Kurt, something else of Kurt's body exploded. Oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah, bless him. All right. Well, let's not, in, let's not get into that, um, that whole... No, thing. we're supposed to be talking about Strip My Mind. Okay. How do we move on to Duff McKagan? <laughs> this is the Duff McKagan podcast. Oh, I'd love to. What would you call a Guns N' Roses podcast? Oh, well, now you're asking me live on air. Um, don't pod. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet pot, sweet pot of mine. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, surely. Yeah, live in that pod. Night pod. <laughs> okay, let's move. to pod me. <laughs> the pod to get me. Let, <laughs> let's move on to especially Michigan. Okay. Okay, so this is one of the songs, uh, especially in Michigan, that didn't get quite so much love on the on the socials. No. What do you make of uh, especially in Michigan then? Well, I think traditionally I've always thought of it as a song that I do enjoy, and I haven't changed that opinion over the last you know week or so of listening to it extensively. I, I think it's a a good song. A solid, a solid album track. I'd, I'd describe it as. I think. Okay. I absolutely, I love it. Yeah, oh, I wow. absolutely love it. Um, it, it, my least favorite part of it is the is the guitar solo. I have to be yeah. honest, and I know they brought it's in a um, bit jarring um, Omar Rodriguez Lopez from the Mars Volta to to play that guitar solo, and it it. I it just for me it doesn't particularly fit as it comes out the guitar solo into the high notes while the guitar solo is finishing I find them a bit high in the mix but yeah. apart from that I absolutely love it I love the intro um yeah. I, I love Flea's galloping kind of style bass line um once it kicks into the the main guitar riff the main verse riff 
Yes, uh, yes. Because it's so cool. That intro where, where John's just, again, he's rolled it back on the volume knob. He's just playing a really simple kind of guitar line at the start. Flees really high up on the bass. And when yeah. it all kicks in, Flea goes low and John goes high. Oh, I love it. What's, um, what's our man in the northeast got to say about it? Jack Johnson, uh, northeast, well, and indeed, don't forget, world drama ambassador. Don't forget to speak into your microphone. I know I won't, of course, and uh, that's something that I've been practicing over the last few weeks. Uh, he says, another, another long snare roll, like snow, to kick off the song, and some tom wax leading into the chorus, like snow. Hmm. But a huge sounding chorus, like Danny Kelly, mm, beating the shit out of the crash cymbal. Crumbs. It's a, he does swear. He does swear in there, so apologies for that, everyone. Yeah, we're really um, fucking sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, it, and actually, um, some of his, I think they're fine points. Another, and I really like that snare roll in the intro. I yeah. think it's one of his better ones. Agreed. And that kind of, during that kind of chorus part, once you have that lovely slowed down first chorus, which is quiet and and then it's repeated twice more, but with massive guitar chords, half-time drums, and like yeah, and with the crash going, it's absolutely wonderful stuff. It is, it is, and I, and I would just like to say, chocolate um, that the are available from Michigan. <laughs> the the um, <laughs> the name Michigan. Oh yes, go on, just go on. Come comes from the Ojibwe word Michigami. Really? Now, yeah. have you been doing some research on Michigan, Michigan, and the, the, the lyrical content of this song? I have. And I thought I'd throw that in there. Hmm. An interesting fact. But the, some of the nicknames for Michigan include the Great Lake State, because, of course, it is on the Great, the Great Lakes, the Wolverine State, which Ooh. I thought was interesting. I like, because- it. I like it more already. Anthony does reference uh, Wolverine in uh, this is the place. at least one song. This is the place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and interestingly here, the Mitten State. The Mitten State. Is it particularly chilly? Out on the farm, we'll be swimming with the mother duck deep in the Mitten. Really? Now, is it called the Mitten State? Yes. Well, there one you go. Of is the Mitten State because it's um, the only state to have two peninsulas and the southern peninsula um, resembles a mitten. Sam, I'm going to congratulate you on this research. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Deep in the mitten. Yes. So he, he does talk about being deep in the mitten. Um, and many residents actually hold their hand up to depict where they're from. What do you mean? Oh, right. Mittens. Yeah, you wouldn't hold your hands up like that. You'd hold your hands up more like you're wearing a mitten, surely. Oh, yes. I mean, I've never worn a mitten. What? Not not in living memory. Hang on. When you went to primary school, didn't you have a duffel coat and you had a pair of mittens that were connected through the sleeves? On a string. Yeah. To your... mate. What? Not me. Crumbs. I just went bare. What did you have? Bare fists. I was going to say, would you have a pair of gloves? Yeah, probably. A pair of gloves. Oh, well done. For- so, so there we go. Um, so that, that explains the mitten reference. Oh, I had a velvet glove. Yeah, yeah just one. 
And uh, also, I'd like to say that hunting and fishing are significant <laughs> industries within the state. So that explains why he talks about fishermen. Okay. Anything to say about lions and tigers? Yes. Um, oh, and I have written, just to clarify the fishing, just to you know qualify the fishing point, many boats are based in the Great Lakes. Oh, great. And they fish for salmon, trout, walleye and perch. Walleye? Yes, which apparently is a fish. I know there's other three uh, fish, but not the walleye. And that that uh, particular point that I've just made corresponds to white clouds, I'm in a mitten full of fishermen. This is all coming together, Sam. You've really gone above and beyond. You're actually doing something for the podcast. I know, I'm doing it. And it's quite boring now for the listeners, so they probably wish I hadn't bothered. But, know. you know, this, this is where we are now. And... Uh, Going further, having, said, like it, to, having like, said it's boring, having said, having said it's boring, and do more. The Detroit Tigers and Detroit Lions are, are a baseball team and an American football team. Got it. Lions and Tigers come running just to steal your love. And a baseball catcher wears a mitten in the mitten state. Oh, it's called a glove. Yes. It's called a glove. It's called a glove. A uh, but glove. for the purposes of your point, we'll, we'll refer to it as a mitten. <laughs> okay, thank you. A velvet mitten. This velvet okay. mitten. Okay. <laughs> this velvet mitten. I have one other point, but would you like to say anything before I bore you to death? Shall we save your final point um, for the end of this song? Yeah, my final point actually refers to the first verse. Okay. Would you want to but, do it now, then? Please carry on. Okay, I'm. I have actually got quite a lot to say um, about. Well, I know. I know that for you, you found this song both sort of audibly challenging and enjoyable in equal measure. No, not in equal measure. It's not. Oh, it's ninety percent absolutely amazing and ten percent audibly challenging. Ninety percent pleasure, ten percent pain. Yeah, that's about right. I love the fact that on that first quiet verse, that first quiet chorus, Cry Me a Future, John is playing a, a, an arpeggio where he's picking through the strings. But instead of what you traditionally do is start on the lower notes of the chord, he starts on the high notes of the chords. Yes. And it gives it a different flavour, a different mm. feel. And you notice it, but you might not quite know why you're noticing, why does that sound so cool? Why does it sound a bit different? What am I noticing? What am I feeling here? Where's my mittens? <laughs> it's, it's John's mittens. Um, it's Alan's big pocket. Yes. What's in John's mittens today? An alternative approach to the arpeggio technique. <laughs> layers. Lovely. I've put layers, exclamation mark. Again, coming out of that first chorus, um, go, there's that br- it's just smothered in feedback. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. This is an oral treat. It's absolutely dripping in feedback. Sounds so good. And as he gets to the second half of choruses, he, he doesn't just play that, that repeating riff. Sorry, the second half of verses. He doesn't just play that repeating riff. He then adds a, a, another note on the E's. So he, he then picks through onto the, uh, the top E string as well. Yes. Yeah. It's great yeah. stuff. And listen to the first time he's playing through that riff and, uh, and the swan comes in and starts singing. It's not perfectly played. There are mistakes 
and I'm, yeah. put, I'm putting mistakes in kind of um you know with my fingers because those things yeah yeah um let, let me think uh, especially on life is my friend rake it up to take it in on the word rake he genuinely misses and just plays a couple it sounds just like he hits a couple of open strings and then just just carries on it's brilliant. Yeah, life is my friend. Break it up to take it in. Wrap me in your cinnamon, especially in Michigan. Yeah, the cinnamon rhyme with Michigan. Is that well, one of your does. facts? Uh, but there is a very famous in the uh, in the Northern Territory, a very famous cinnamon toast called Trenary toast, uh, which is toast topped with cinnamon sugar. Uh, very popular in the Upper Peninsula, and uh, and has been for eighty five years. Wow. So it's popular in the Upper Mitten? Uh, well, no, the Upper Peninsula is not the Mitten. Ah. The Southern Peninsula is the Mitten. What's the Upper Peninsula? It's just a standard shape. It's long and thin. Are looking you, at it now. I'm are you that. looking at it now? Yeah, okay. yeah I can see it. Yeah. Now, um, excellent work. Thank you. Okay, that's it. Uh, there is also a cinnamon-flavoured bun, which seems to be quite famous, but I wasn't sure if it was as famous as the Trenary Toast. Well, no, quite. Sorry, I, 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 um, I, I now fully understand what it's like for you when I talk about guitar bits, and you, <laughs> you, you drift off. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm talking to you about cinnamon-flavoured toast. It's your own fault you asked me to do I did, that. I did ask you. I, I won't do it again. Hopefully you won't ask me to do that again. No. Life is much simpler when I don't have to do any work. <laughs> Great stuff. on. Uh, oh, listen to those second, cor- second and third choruses. Huge, huge, just power chords. Massive slides into the next, into the next chords. Cry me, yes. cry me a future. Absolutely brilliant. Sliding, sliding down in at the start of each bar instead of hitting perfectly on the change of the one, two, three, four. He's, yeah. he's going one, two, three, four, and on that half point in between the, the one and the two, uh, the, the zero and the one, going down into, um, into the, sliding down to the next chord. The house ambassador just, has just walked in. She's waving at me. She's, she's signalling. She's blown me a kiss. Okay, bye. Um, sliding down into those huge notes. It's, it's, I, I was going to swear then. I was going to say the F word. But yeah. It's so, so good. So I think good. it's fair to say that the um, Lions and Tigers section is at the top of the Swans range. Yeah, but he sounds so good on it as well. It sounds good. He sounds good. out the park. He like, sounds good. Not, not knocking it, but um, it is certainly the top of his range. It certainly is. You're right. But um, I love the line, um, out on the farm, we'll be swimming, swimming with the mother duck. Yes. Deep in the mitten. It's one of my favourite lines. Which, of course, refers to the Mitten State. <laughs> of course, where they have Tenerife toast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Why does that keep going off? I turn it down to zero. You've um, got your wife walking in unannounced and my alarm's going off. What are we, a professional outfit or not? No. Now, are we, well, until we actually get paid for sponsorships, no, we're not. No, indeed. Last chorus... Uh, again, the huge sound of halftime drums, but then that lovely, lovely John Frusciante lead line comes in, and it's one of my favourite ever John Frusciante guitar parts. Okay. It just complements the song so well, and it runs together so well. Um, mm. it, there's a bit where it, where it rises up, hits the peak, and comes back down. It's a, it's a wonderful piece of guitar playing. Yes, it is. It is. It's a good song. I would, I would go as far as to say, as I said earlier, solid filler 
possibly possibly more i think for you it it would be more i'm enthusing about it i'm i'm rhapsodizing about this tune you are you are what so aside from all of those technical qualities that you've sort of picked out is it is it the overall feel of the song that that grabs you, or is it is it that that technical aspect? Okay, you've asked me another question. It, it's not it's not the technical aspects. I just the only way to kind of describe them sometimes in a more technical way. It's the way the guitar. It's the way everything comes together. I love. I've yeah. said this before, but I love songs where there's a repeating riff, but the underlying chord structure, the underlying chords change. So here you've got a four, again a four chord turnaround that Flea's playing on the bass. Mm. Is it, are you gone again? and john's just playing that repeating riff i love that kind of thing where you've got something changing or something staying the same i love that first that first kind of intro bit um yeah the only bit i i I just don't like the guitar solo and it's a shame no and i think it is worth mentioning that as far as i know this is the only song within this six where john doesn't sing anything oh i've got i've got a question then so well i think i've just answered it well, let me ask it. Okay. All that stuff about a rainy Lithuanian, then. Do you yes. think that's the swan? You know, that, no, all that backing I, vocal. I think that, that's John. So, despite what you just said. <laughs> no, it's definitely the swan. As far as I can tell, there's no John on this at all, vocally. Okay, don't touch your mic. And no. I, I, I feel, I can't tell who that is doing all those kind of droning backing Vocal yeah, lines. it's definitely the swan. Uh, you asked me to, to, to be sure on it, and I am Right, sure. he's 100% sure. There's no John yeah. on this at all. There's not, and that, that's unusual, and, and actually something that gives this song a, a different feel to, to, to most of the others. Okay, well, let, let's move out this song, but I will say, and it's, it's something that isn't said enough by me, well done, Anthony Kiedis. Some great lyrical imagery... Uh, yeah. Some really nice local references to the Mitten State mm. and some great singing. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much to both Anthony and the rest of the band. And the entire population of Michigan. The Mitten. The Fisherman. The Cinnamon. Okay, then, that was Warlocks. 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 Um, Warlocks. First of all, I, I, I will just talk about the fact that Billy Preston is on this song. Who, Big Billy Preston? Big Billy Preston, um, playing the clavinet. Nice. Nice uh, to hear a bit of Big Billy. Now, if you, if you listen, if you go on YouTube and put in Stadium Arcadium commentary, there's a lot of videos where the band do a two, three-minute little chat about each each track mm. and they do rave about billy preston who unfortunately died shortly after this was recorded um, but if I, if i hadn't been told that there was a clavinet on this song i wouldn't have known no no and I, well I, I guess that's the genius of being able to write and produce songs like this where you can add a, a, a layer which to the to the 
for the most part, is going to go unnoticed. But actually, when you listen back to it and really make an effort to hear it, it is there. Well, I, I would I completely agree with you on many levels, but not on a certain level. In the fact that right. Big Billy was a, a big, big session musician. Yes. Um, and played with like Little Richard, Ray Charles, played with the Beatles, played with the Stones. Yeah. Um, and what's co-wrote or wrote You Are So Beautiful for Joe Cocker. And what's the can't point of having him on there if you can't hear his contribution? And you can barely hear it. It's at, it's at the 150 mark until the guitar solo. And it's, the, the clavinet is, um, is a keyboard instrument. And it's at the start of Stevie Wonder Superstition. That's, you'll yeah. know that sound. Do ding, 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 ding. It's, yeah, that's it's, it. it's a really kind of staccato sounding kind of instrument. But you yeah. just can't hear it. And, you know, God bless him. He got out of his sick bed to come and record this. At least mix him a bit higher. Mix him in. Well, you know, it's a bit like Elton on uh, Sick Love. Is it? I, I, for me, it is because, I mean, I know you said that when you listened to that, you, you immediately thought Elton and you could hear it. But when I listened to that, and I, I admit I didn't know Elton John was on it when I first listened to it, but his his piano part is solo in the mix. Solo, he solo. plays on his own. Yeah, Han. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Do you love a bit of Star Wars? Yeah, exactly. But I know. So that's what I'm saying. If you're going to play with someone, like make them an equal partner. And if not, make them an equal partner. At least make them audible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then cut them out of any future royalties. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Flea, Flea said on the uh, on the the YouTube commentaries, it's a funky ass groove, cold funky shit. Yes, I have to say this song has gone up in my estimation. Um, I I I would echo that. This is one of the ones that I thought I didn't really like, um, but actually, I was on the exercise bike the other day, and this one got me going uh, big way. Yeah, I mean, constantly exercising, you aren't you? Yeah, oh, of course. Never bloody stops. Never, never, never stop exercising. That's my motto. <laughs> Apart from when you're drinking countless beers every night. And podcasting whilst drinking yeah. countless beers. Yeah. Never stop no, fighting. Of course, uh, I've got a quiz question for I, you. I would just like to say I don't drink every night. I've got, fact, I've, hardly ever. I've got just, quiz, just today. I do have to do a quiz question now. Go on. What film does someone say to another person, never stop fighting till the fight is done? Never stop fighting till the fight is done. Oh goodness! It sounds like um, who says it? Give me the actor. Kevin Costner says it. Kevin Costner. Do wow! Do you want me to? It sounds like Untouchables. Yes, he's got it. It's the Untouchables. Well Good done. Right. It's the end of the court scene where where Capone gets put away for tax evasion. Yeah. Never stop. Never stop fighting till the fight is done. What a, what a great film. Great film. What they. They put one of ours in the hospital. We put one of theirs in the fucking morgue. Yeah, exactly. He pulls in a knife. No, he's playing an Irishman, I think, there, isn't he? So it's like pick and red. He puts one of yours in the hospital. No, he pulls a knife. <laughs> he pulls a knife, <laughs> you pull a gun. He puts one of yours no. in the hospital. You put one of his in the fucking morgue. He's yeah. definitely Scottish. Is he? I'll do it in Scottish in that You case. just did that on purpose. <laughs> I can do Scottish. See, I have waited, and now this is my time. Okay, Scottish. Go on then. I'm Scottish. He pulls a knife. 
<laughs> Go on, complete the line. Complete the line. He pulls. I'm Scottish. He pulls a knife. Again, you've got to go from where you think I, where I you will. were. I will. Go on. You pull a gun. He he puts one of yours in the hospital. <laughs> God, I wish again. <laughs> you put one of his in the fucking morgue. Right. right. Uh, apologies to both um, uh, to both Nigel Kelly and Dan Boyd. That was a disgrace. <laughs> but I was promised. You see what I was trying to stop you earlier. <laughs> but you did promise me that I'd be able to do it. Now... <laughs> Let's get back to Warlocks. Yes, yes. Um, Rockopotamus in my hand. Love that. It, it's, it feels to me like a reference to um, uh, the Blackie, a Blackie uh, fan club, um, Rocking Freaking Potamus. Yes, yes. Do you think that's right? That's right. I left a I space agree. there. I left a space there when I said Blackie for you to say. Oh damn it! No, I was when I was, I was in many ways. I was leaving you. I didn't. I didn't quite know whether you knew what you were going to say. So I didn't want to save you. Oh well, thanks. Well, in future, if you don't think I know what I'm saying, then please do save me. Yeah. Well, sometimes I do, obviously, but other times I like to just leave you know, me dangling. It has a certain comedic value. Well, uh, to to leave you hanging, as you do to me all the time. Whenever I'm trying to think of what a song's called. Oh, there you go. Now, great Chad Kixner intro. And on that point, let's yes. see what uh, let's see what the uh, our man from the northeast has got to say about this. All right, something tells me that you've you've snuck a look. Just do this, and then every time it goes off, it skips to the top of the email trail, which is a bit annoying. Uh, but here we are. Uh, I think I've gone too far. I've gone too far. This is golden content from Santander. This is the golden shit. Here we go. I'm back. Yes. Can we talk about the double kick snare intro, mm, says right. Jack Johnson. So simple, but so Chad the Myth Smith. Lovely. With headphones, you can hear the ring on the snare, something that I'm sure a lot of rock bands would want to get rid of. But we know that RHCP like to record live, and I think that is a that's a key a key factor here. What you, you do, can hear the is that Jack saying that? Was that you saying that? That's JJ. Yeah, yeah, it's key. But you can hear you can hear the ring, and and actually, uh, yeah, I agree with Jack here. A lot of bands would have got rid of that, but not the Chili's. There's also another another tune. Um, it might be this one um, where Chad's playing the the ride. And you can re- now, Jack will have to let us know what the middle part of that ri- the ride is, the bit that you hit to make it really ring out. But it is really ringy. The bell, the bell of the ride. Excellent. Oh, well done. Have you been? Have you been studying? Well, no, that's what I think it's called. Obviously, uh, Jack will confirm. Jack must confirm. He will. Well, he must actually, yeah. as, as it, seeing as he's taken a paid role on the podcast. Yeah, we're not, I, I've sent him a generic blue cool box. Yeah, yeah, and I've sent him an empty can of piston head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must, I must confirm the, the cool box I sent him was also empty. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and also non-existent. <laughs> yes. Now, all the way through this song, there's something that really, I really don't like. It's that in, the, in your left ear, there's a little dog-like sound. Wiggling, uh. wiggling away all through it. It's very reminiscent of a sound that Dave makes on Walkabout. Right, and once right. you notice it, you will never unnotice it, and it goes on throughout the whole song. My notes well, read: 
Listen to this. No, I, I must say. Please <laughs> do. I don't like. I've, I've written at the start of the song. I don't like the dog guitar noise. Right. First two. I've got a few. A bit later. First two. That little dog's still going on. Yeah. Later on, end of the song. That dog's still going. It never bloody stops. Seems to be a, a running theme. Although I would say, you know, I spoke um, previously about Josh's slapstick guitar style. You did, yes. There is a little bit of slapstick John in this song. A little bit of slapstick lead John in that first guitar yeah. solo. And it pans from right to left. It, it straddles the ears. Well, it's uh, well, much like we, str- we straddle discs or digital content. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, an interesting, so, it's an interesting thing. Um, well, I said before, and I'll say it, this really is a, uh, an example of John just doing something that, to me, sounds like Robbie Krieger from The Doors. You know, he, well, he played guitar like that all the time. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, um, I'd put it out there. I, know, I don't know if there's any Doors fans who listen to sorry, this. Sorry, we've, we've slipped into an episode of The Doors of Perception, The Doors podcast. We have. I don't know whether anyone will, will disagree or agree with me, but that, that particular guitar sound within this song is Kriegerish. I think one of the reasons it sounds Kriegerish is that um, he played fingerstyle, didn't he, all the time? Yes. Or certainly the majority of the time. And that, that, um, that John guitar part there sounds, it's quite pulley and quite plucky, which you mm. achieve with your, might achieve with your fingers. But to me, it sounds like three or four guitars spread across the ears, all doing different yeah. things to build up into that, that quite, you're right, quite slapstick sound. Yeah, it is a slapstick sound, and it's something that I wasn't keen on when Josh did it. But you love it when not, John does it. No, not necessarily keen on it here either. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know. I quite like it. I think it fits in, because the, the whole song is quite... Um, yeah, the whole song is... It, it, it's unique, I'd say. It is a unique sounding song. Okay. What were you going to describe it as? How would I describe the song? Yeah, I was struggling. I was going to say poppy, but it's it's just a bit weird. Yeah, because it's quite bare as well at, at times. I, lo- I love it because it's got sort of classic... Um, Sort of minimalist strummy for Shantae on it as well. Yeah, that, like. those are the bits I really like. Those on the on the um, is that the, the choruses? Yeah, just nice simple strumming high up the neck. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, which is very yeah exactly always high, and that's that's you know sort of blood sugary, John. Really. Yeah, and you get that on the bridge as well. Um, yeah, and also on the bridge in the left ear, there comes some kind of like warbling effect in the left ear. It's a, it's a, it's another just little layer. It's a really nice, really nice touch. And there is, there is actually numerous t- nice drum rolls from Chad actually that that fill it out as well. T- t- transitional drum rolls into the different sections because they they are quite different. And and where it's quite a sparse song, those those transitional rolls and those transitional plays do stand out. And I I like that. I I'll say it. I, I underestimated this song going into this. I think it's a, a, a good song. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right when you say that it's held together by the, the transitions and, and the, the myth is a huge part of that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think what, what put me off it possibly was some of the lyrics. Yeah. Well, the Swan says the lyrics are about the animal that is called show business. 
and that the chorus right. is about someone wanting to be validated by the show business world. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Dead. I just don't like the word warlocks particularly. No. And that, no, I don't. Because it's, for me, that, that's quite an aggressive word. Is it? <laughs> warlocks. <laughs> I suppose war's an aggressive word. What about locks? Yeah, locks. Well, that, for me, is, it closes you out. You know, you can't get in. Yeah, so you've got an aggressive word closing you out. Yeah. How are you supposed to, how are you supposed to get into it? Well, it'll be those smooth transitional sections, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. No, Warlocks is an... It, yeah, I, I agree. I don't like the title. and uh, But I do now like the song, so that's that's good news. Um, the solo's good. I like this guitar solo. Yeah, it steps down, and then you get that kind of... Uh, mana, 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 sort well, of thing sure. going on in the background. Yeah. Well, possibly. I'm not sure. I've never picked up on that particular noise. Someone's making a noise in the... In the oh, it's just one. Yeah, ba 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 ba. Yes, the swan's making a noise, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, John opens up on high E. Um, it's a, a very high E and also rings it with an open E string, the high, the high E. Oh, no, sorry. Yes. sorry, that sounds like gibberish. He's playing on the B string, playing a high E note and then leaving an open E string ringing. And then uh, it, it's it, just, I think you you just exposed me. Have I? How? Well, I agreed with the gibberish wholeheartedly. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't gibberish. It was just badly explained. Oh uh, no, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, then I, I I wouldn't purposefully expose you. Not on the internet. No, and when 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 my committed yeses come through, it is because I know exactly what you're saying. Well, well, quite. Um, and then John does a nice. Um, there's quite a lot of that. And yes. then he plays quite a cool descending line. When the swan starts talking about ba 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 ba, he plays. A, a, he, he runs down and then runs back up. It's 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 just a nice little guitar solo. I, I've got nothing against this one. Well, it's a nice little interplay between the vocalist and the guitarist because the swan is making that you know one of his famous noise noise noises. A, voc- a, a noise vocalization. Yeah, a noise with his fa- with his face. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> Yeah, the swan's got some noise coming out of his face. Does he sing from his face? I suppose he does. He does. Yeah. And uh, it, it matches in nicely. And that's, the, that's... Sometimes with the swan, you think, shut up, this is not your time. Mm. Sometimes. Yes. And other times, you think, that noise coming from your face matches perfectly with what's going on. And I think this might be one of those. Okay. I will put there's also a middle ground where I think that noise that's coming from your face, I'm not quite sure it works, but I don't hate it. And this is, this is one of those times for me. Uh, okay. So what about the end of uh, My Lovely Man? I could live with... Uh, it's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> well, I know that you don't like that noise from his face. Well, I don't particularly. I think my, the ending of My Lovely Man goes on for too long. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily the noise coming I from the I love it, face. by the way. I'll go on record as saying that My Lovely Man, for me, is, is without fault. Okay. Well, I'll go on record as saying I might, if you go before me, play My Lovely Man at your funeral. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Just, well, that... just for the line, just in case you never knew, I miss you, Slim, I love you too. Because I'm always calling yeah, you Slim. A, I know, and B, I'm not Slim. <laughs> Well, I've always, I always call you Halil as well, don't I? 
let's wrap up Warlocks. Hilly, listen. That's true. I don't know why. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up Warlocks. Yes. Let's wrap it up. I think I'll 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 say this, and I've you know it may be echoing what I've already said, but is it about chocolate oranges? No, this is a song that I basically had no time for. And if you'd said to me, yeah. "Is this song going to make your you know your condensed record?" Mm. I would have laughed you out of town. Now I'm not so sure. Will it make Max Feinstein's condensed? Milk. Record. Well, only Max can answer honestly on this particular point, but I, I'm not sure. You know, how many realistically, how many songs on on the second disc are going to make the condensed? Well, let's find out. And also, just say Max has already condensed it. He has, but has he? Has he? Uh... Has he considered Warlocks? I can't remember if it's on there or not. Yeah, well, well, you've we, got we can't the condensed list. I have. I know you've got you've got something there. Yeah, I've got Max's condensed list, but just not on me. Anyway, let's not go into the second half. Let's wrap up Warlocks. Surprisingly good, um, eternally enjoyable. I don't think it. Truly, I don't think it's going to make my 14. But let's move on. Okay, I just came out of... Uh, I've been playing everything at maximum volume. But um, I have, certainly yes. came out of that strong, strong and powerful. Um, I've got a lot of good things to say about this song. And there was a time when I didn't have much to say about this song. What, yes. what, what do you think about this? Well, obviously... Uh, Sit closer to your mic. For me, uh, it seems to it seems to all stem from stem from the from the baseline. Yeah, well, what a baseline that Flea himself admits is a, is very very difficult to play. Yes, it's incredible, and it just sort of permeates the whole song, really. Yeah, it's great, and it's it's complemented by a really really I find difficult to play guitar part. Yeah, because yeah, it is. It's essentially just playing a chord, but it's playing chords in a very specific way and playing certain parts of the chord at once. You can see it on on YouTube. You can see John playing it, and it's just tough. You can just tell it. It's technically tough to play. It goes from that to a really difficult, that kind of intro line that it's got, which is very smooth, very liquid. very. It's really good. goes to then quite a very quick picking pattern over the verses yes. when the swan comes in and starts singing. And it's just really good musicianship. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, actually. And um, for an album which was sort of based on planetary concepts, i.e. Jupiter and Mars, this song, for me, is the most cosmic. When it, it, it breaks down and... You've just got all those sort of sa- all of the sounds 
coming together at once, particularly, I guess, the guitar part uh-huh. in, the, in, the, in the midsection. It just, to me, if anything on this album is going to exemplify the power of the cosmos and the power of the universe, then I think it's, it's this. Profound words indeed from Sam Townsend of the University Speaking podcast. Thank you. By the, um, the guitar part in the middle of the song, do you mean the guitar solo? Well, yeah, that kind of sort of wailing, uh, that wailing period. The guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, it's one of my favourite, favourite John Frusciante guitar solos. You're right, yeah. there's so much, it's spacey, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, there's so much sound to it. There's, wow. Yeah, I mean, stop, please. Enough of stop that. Stop doing a sound of a strangled cat. <laughs> Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of guitar sound. Yeah. It's, it's after a big, big chorus, it all goes dead again, and Flea is front and centre again Flea's playing still, that bass still, line. Flea's still, yeah, he's still pumping along with his bass line. John's, John's playing that rhythm part. But then John is on that lead section. It's controlled feedback. It's, again, yes. re- reverse guitars. Yeah, yeah. It's underplaying. He's, he leaves, there's a section where he doesn't play a note for three and a half bars and just lets it feed back. Yeah. And it's utter genius. And that, that what you call the strangle cat section towards the end of that solo is pretty... Well, no, I didn't call it a strangle cat section. I called my, my impression of it. Okay. But it could be described as the strangle cat section. Yeah. And that's pre-bends. That's where you'll play, where you, and I've talked about this on the GTP before. You bend the string up to hit the target pitch. And yeah. then strike it and then bend it down. And you yeah. get that kind of reverse sound. Well, that, that is the sound for me that is quite literally bringing together the power of the universe. Exactly. Well, you're getting very fleaish here because Flea speaks about the cosmos at Sloan. It has the cosmos, yes. <laughs> the, cos- the cosmos. As he, we call it as Englishmen. Yes, but he, he, he describes it as the cosmos. As the cosmos, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, this is an album that takes that... Is a, in that respect, I suppose, it is a concept album. Um, but never, never is, the, is the concept of the universe and the cosmos more apparent to me so far than this song. I will wager that that, that concept, if it is a concept doesn't become more pronounced throughout the rest of this album. So this well, is, you, you, you may be right. You may be right. I think this might be the height of it for you, the cosmos. Yeah. Well, in the cosmos, yeah. Um, John said about this song, he wanted to write some songs that just had heavy metal choruses. And I have to say, as much as I love this song, yeah. and as much as I love John's big, big backing vocals in this, because he sounds like a siren. Well, yeah, go on, please, and I'll, I'll come in after. I think it's a bit of a throwaway chorus. Yeah, I agree, actually. And there were, there were two or three choruses on this album, you know, just repeated. And I like a slightly more complex chorus myself. I, I'm, I'm with you, yeah. and you, a bit, Something right. a bit more wordy. Come on, get some more words in there, for Christ's sake. Yeah, don't just say, come on, girl. Yeah, <laughs> come on, girl, let's get it right, let's get it right, let's <laughs> get it right. Come on, girl. Yeah. Don't um, just say C apostrophe M-O-N girl. I, I agree with you, and although I do, what 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 I do like about this is is this kind of tribal backing vocal, um, 
which actually put me in mind of something like Taste of Pain. You know, in Taste of Pain, they do that kind of, because they've got all three of them lined up, painted, doing that kind of thing. Okay, okay, I can... Which I, I, and I like that, but I just want some more words. I like, I want a chorus with a bit more meaning, you know? Yeah. Is uh, that, is that wrong of me? I wouldn't say it's wrong. It's just not something you're going to get here, I'm afraid. No. Um, no. However, I'll, I'll juxtapose that with the fact that I think it's got some of my favourite swan lines, some of my favourite swan lyrics in it. Yeah. I love the line, some people buy it, do the book, but I prefer to go by feel. That's a, yes. that's a great line. I love the line, the spirit of a dragon's tear is lovely at this time of year. Yes. Another, another cracker. And normally I don't like the swan's gibberish, but that's great. If you let it germinate, I know it will be worth the wait. Not so keen on that one, but whatever. Oh, wait, you're not into you're not into germination. Well, let's. I'm going to give you a line that might or might not be about germination. So oh. I'm going to read a line to you, and you, you tell well, that me one what, definitely is. Yes, okay, that one is certainly about germination. This one yeah. may or may not be. I will read this to you, and you tell me what you think this is a metaphor for. Okay, because I'm pretty sure it's a metaphor for something. It could be germination. It, well, I think it's, it, it might involve germination. Here's the line. Okay, go on. The cave within your mountainside is deeper, is deeper than, than it, it will, will be, be wide. wide. Hold me. Yes. What do you think he's referring to there? The cave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know what you want me to say, <laughs> uh, but I'm actually going to say germination. <laughs> I think it might be about the regime. Yeah, well, you may be right. But listen, I mean, listen. What, just because they're talking about a cave? No. The cave inside your mountain. I've been caving in my life. It's got nothing to do with the machine. I've been caving too. I've been caving with you. Yes, and now I know that all you were thinking about was a machine. No, listen. The cave inside your mountainside is deeper than it will be wide. Yeah, most oh. most machines are deeper than they are wide. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I think I'm onto something here. I mean, I'd say all. Otherwise, you're in deep trouble. Unless you've got a really thick but short. Regine. No, Willie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so no, no, I honestly think he's, he's talking about the female reproductive organs there. Right, you may be right, but I prefer to think of it as. Uh, Germination. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> Germination. Now, when we get into verse two, John, yes. John is playing some lovely, lovely lead work. And he's oh, it's about time you mentioned uh, Little Philip lead work. Ah, oh, Little Philip lead work back from episode, oh, I'd like to say 20 or. 23? No. 22? No, uh, 20. 20? Oh, you know that for sure. No, that's my guess. Okay. We still haven't printed the Little Philip Leadwork T-shirts up. No, but I did see him the other day. How is he? He's fine. Yeah, he's absolutely fine. Obviously, he's very small, so the chances of him contracting anything during this period are fairly slender. I was going to uh, ask. He's, keep, he's keeping well, and uh, yeah, he, he sends the best to uh, both of us and the community. The, and the listeners. Presumably, you saw him over the internet. You didn't go into the hat. No, I, 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 yes, yes. Uh, it was a video call. Yeah, because he's shielding at the moment because he falls because he's so small. He falls into the vulnerable bracket. He's extremely small, very little. Um, yes, but on verse two, there is some lovely, lovely, super controlled guitar, heavy chorus sound, 
John's building up two or three guitars playing different parts to yeah. just to bring it up again. It is. I can't say enough well, good things about the song apart from the chorus is pretty poor. Yeah, the, that that's the thing about this. It is let down by the chorus. Um, but I think what we're really starting to appreciate is that even the so-called filler or you know album tracks, as they may may more commonly be called, are pretty good on this so far. So far, I, th- I, th- I think yeah, I think that that could be the key. I'm look. Hang on, I'm just going to reach reach behind me. I need to take my headphones yeah. off for this. Oh, Christ, what are you doing? He's grabbing something. Yeah, uh, I'm grabbing. I'm grabbing my. Uh, my He's got his book. book. Yeah, that's how he listens to it. <laughs> I listen to it through my tab book. Through the book, plug yourself into the book. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think there's some trouble ahead. Yes, there may be trouble ahead. But while there's <laughs> moonlight and laughter and love and romance, let's play <laughs> yeah. some music and dance. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> All right, shall we uh, get to the handles, mate? Let's do it, I say. Handle time. Okay, so we'll go into the handles. Um, uh, give us a shout, give us an email. Um, my website where this podcast is hosted is bentownsandmusic.net. Uh, if you want to email me, it's bentownsandmusic at hotmail.com. Um, Sam, on Twitter, you are? At stacktownsend. On Twitter? Yes. Right, in that case, I'm at University RHCP. That's correct. And on Reddit, I'm uh, unispeak-RHCP podcast, and you are? Would you like well, me to you know, info? Yes, please. Yeah. Your University RHCP Odsan. Oh, that's right. I can never remember that one. No. <laughs> okay, so just want to say a quick thank you. Well, before we say our thanks, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to those six songs with you, mate. Wonderful. Yeah, that's... Uh... In, in our, the highlight of, my, highlight of my week, I'd say. In a slightly loosened lockdown, but still apart from each other, we could technically have sat in the garden together, two metres apart, and recorded this. I suppose you're right. Okay, we'll look into that for next time. Um, yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening again. Um, thank you, uh, everyone, for writing in uh, and talking about the album on Twitter and Reddit. Thank you Appreciate to um, some new emailers that we've had writing in. Which has been fantastic. Are we trying to sneak him in at the end instead of at the beginning? Sneak him in. Uh, thank you to Jack for his um, drum ambassador points. Yes, and thank you, Jack. We'll see you next time where we'll be opening up with wet sand. So probably worth tuning in for. We'll see. You. Whoa! Oh, what? <laughs> so, whoa. We'll, whoa! We'll see you next time on Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. <laughs>